toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potentials in episodes 73, 78, and 90. And I've personally been receiving the Scalar Light daily and have really noticed the shifts in my own energy, including chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a beautiful gift that I've been able to provide for my family. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Dr. Varun Gandhi. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with the monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. So please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and breathing out that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Dr. Varun Gandhi. He is a life orchestrator, soulpreneur, angel investor, inventor, philanthropist, and a water doctor. He enjoys orchestrating businesses, events, and ideas about the self-image. He is currently focused on creating a digital course called What's Your Story, which allows you to create your life film, a chart consisting of your memories, experiences, and defining moments that have left an impression. 
Each of these moments have a lesson to be learned for you. Your My Life film also allows you to create new meaning to your past experiences, create a new future you, and write affirmations that help maintain this new you. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Varun. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Stacey. Love and abundance, everyone. So let's have us have you tell us about your journey and just what spiritual path has led you up to this point. Yeah, so I had this uh, traditional Indian journey where, you know, the focus was solely on university, on, you know, getting that degree, getting that rich education, and then finding that dream job. And that was my sole focus in life. Uh, I went, I was born and brought up in Dubai in the Middle East. I moved here uh, two months before 9-11 in 2001. And uh, so it was a, you know, my entrance into America was rough. I was in a position in, in Dubai where, you know, all of the schooling was done in one, in one compound, like all the way from kindergarten, all the way through 10th grade that I was there till. Uh, so I was so familiar with that whole environment that when I came here into this new environment, I, it was a shock for me. Um, plus I came here in the middle of 11th grade, in the middle of uh, high school, 11th grade. Uh, and you know, at that point, a lot of the uh, folks have already made their clicks. And so it was hard finding friends and making new friends. Uh, but once I did, uh, you know, the first couple of months was extremely difficult. I would, I remember waking up, not wanting to go to school. And it would be my mom saying, you know what, just go one more day. It's okay. Go one more day. And, you know, slowly, slowly, every day she'd tell me that. And finally, I'm like, you know what, I actually like this now. Uh, once I made friends at, in, in school. So that's where my journey began. And at that point, I was just solely focused on university. I got into Georgia Tech. I uh, graduated my uh, bachelor's. And then, uh, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to go for an advanced degree. I went for a master's, extended it to a PhD, and I was in school for almost nine and a half years in the same college. And, you know, through this process, I'm like, you know what, I, I felt like, oh, I achieved something. And, you know, this is what I really wanted to do. And once I graduated, I found that job that, you know, I had one job interview, I had one job offer, and I took it. And I thought, okay, this is it. You know, I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life. Well, about a year and a half into this job, I had a pain, I started having pains in my solar plexus. And uh, this was, uh, I was in a very unconscious phase in my life. Uh, so while I was trying to, so like a couple months into it, it started off very like subtle pains. And then finally about two, three months into it, it was bam, like every morning I'd wake up and it was right there in my face, that pain, you know, it was like, really strong. I couldn't ignore it anymore. So at that point I realized, okay, I need to do something about it. I really, I knew it wasn't some physical ailment in my body. Uh, and so in that sense, I, something inside of me wanted to sit down with this pain and ask questions. I don't, you know, I wasn't like consciously thinking, consciously thinking, Oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, Cause I know it's going to work. Uh, but I, I just sat down and started asking questions. And one of the things that came up was why are you going to this job uh, that you don't care about as much? Uh, you know, uh, and as I started that job, I also had this question in my mind about purpose and, you know, is this it? Uh, so I finally realized, okay, well, uh, this may not be it. 
Uh, and once I made that decision for myself, again, there was a lot of fighting inside of me because this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. My parents had one voice over here saying, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You know, follow this track, maybe find another job, giving me all these different options to still stick in that career. And I said, uh, you know, everything, I tried it. It didn't work. It, it wasn't, this is, isn't it for me. I felt like there was something greater out there for me. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was, but I just had that feeling like, you know, the, the difference that I'm making in this job may be like 0.1%, 0.2% in the grand scheme of things. And I'm like, is there something greater out there for me? And I said, yeah, there is. And you know, at that point I decided, you know what, this is it. I'm going to leave this job, leave this whole career behind. Uh, finally convinced my parents and uh, I get put in my notice. Usually you put in a two week notice. I was so excited to leave. I put in a five week notice. Uh, and so Thanksgiving, I was out and I left uh, the job, uh, moved back home and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. Now, simultaneously, as I was graduating my PhD, I had also gotten out of this relationship that was, uh, I thought she was the one. I thought, you know, I, I had imagined myself living that suburbia lifestyle with two kids and her and a little dog, that American dream. Uh, and at that point, you know, when things fell apart, I couldn't accept that new reality, right? So uh, I'd wake up for the first two, three months, I'd wake up every morning rejecting this new reality. And it would, you know, end up in tears. I would, you know, just wake up crying. Uh, I'd have dreams and nightmares and it, it was a rough period in my life, uh, but I also had to focus on my graduation. I was about three months away from graduating. So I was sitting there writing a dissertation, you know, a hundred page of basically a textbook. Uh, and I had really had to focus. So one of the things that helped me was comedy. I was listening to John Stewart, who was on the daily show at that time. So this kind of dates me a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, but he was the one that pulled me through every morning. I'd watch his 22 little 22 minute bit from the daily show. And that is what would pull me through and give me energy to move through the rest of the day. And so, yeah, I was going through that rough period. And then I graduated, I moved to Idaho. Now, Idaho, is where the job was. I had not heard about Idaho until I went there for the interview. And when I got there, I really loved it. It was beautiful. It's such an amazing uh, country out there, uh, a high desert. Uh, and when I got there, it's kind of represented a, a going into the cave moment, going into a place where I didn't really know anyone. It was that darkness, like you know, time to uh, work on the darkness, right? Uh, well, the first year I the pain and suffering was, was really strong inside of me that I wanted to run away, distract myself from all of it. Uh, so that's when, when I made friends, all right, we had parties every Friday, Saturday night. There was a lot of alcohol. There was, uh, you know, all kinds of things, everything to distract uh, myself from working on that. Uh, about a year and a half, just around the same time when I having these pains in my solar plexus, I also uh, picked up this book called The Book of Secrets by Deepak Chopra. And um, well, this book of secrets is very advanced uh, at that time. It's uh, so when I was reading it, I was like, I don't know what I'm reading. This doesn't make sense to me. This is all like, uh, uh, you know, some like woo woo stuff. So 95% of this book went over my head. I didn't really understand it. Uh, but there was a little bit, a little thing that stuck with me and that was meditation. Uh, and that's kind of how I, uh, so once I left that job, I moved back to Atlanta and meditation was that habit that I started in this new place. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, there's a whole journey behind that as well. And I can share that, uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit later. 
but essentially, once I started meditating about seven years ago now, uh, things started opening up for me. Uh, you know, I again, this is the time that I became an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, left that job behind, uh, realized that I had certain skills that I've uh, always had. Even when I was 10 years old, I had these skills to be able to make things happen. Uh, and so I realized, okay, entrepreneurship is kind of like a natural path in there. Well, uh, I started a company uh, combining my PhD experience uh, and I wanted to help international students who were coming to America for university or grad school programs to like find them the best schools, find them uh, you know, what programs to apply to, go through the whole application process. Uh, so I kind of use utilizing what my background was and helping these kids. Uh, and it was a satisfactory work for a couple of years. But then at this time, I was also diving deeper into spirituality, meditating a whole lot more, working on the chakras. Uh, Stacey, I see you have the chakras behind you. Um, and so I wanted to incorporate spirituality into my entrepreneurship. And that's when I started uh, diving into soulpreneurship uh, I'd met my business partner, Chakra Doctor, and, uh, you know, he had uh, created this uh, meditation, guided meditation called Full Chakra Activation. Uh, and so we had done events with this. Uh, I'm based in L.A., so we had like two, 300 person events, uh, all of us meditating together. Uh, and then we created a set of products, uh, wellness, health products that are all around me um, that uh, essentially give us a positive, healthy mind, uh, body and uh, soul. Uh, and so we have the meditation, we have something like affirmations for the mind, we have uh, cleanses for the physical body. And so it's like a whole gamut of things that we've created. Uh, but wow. this all began by exploring my spirituality and, you know, that one book, The Book of Secrets. Wow, that's amazing. So it sounds like meditation was kind of this key piece, this turning point for you from almost like an old self. Um, into this new soulpreneur self. So for those of the listeners that are curious about meditation and, and know kind of deep inside, they do have this, what you refer to as something greater or greater purpose um, and are maybe interested in meditation or can see that as a self-awareness tool, what would be some either suggestions that you would give? Like how, how does one get into meditation starting from maybe no or very minimal meditation experience, because I think sometimes it can be a little intimidating for, for some. Yeah, Brenda, I completely agree with you. It was, it was definitely intimidating when I first started. Uh, and the way I started was I, I rented out an in a one bedroom in my friend's apartment. So all of my belongings was in that room. Uh, and so I would sit in the corner, essentially focus in the corner. So all of my belongings are behind me. Uh, and then I realized that the only other distraction was my phone at this point. Uh, uh, so what I would do is I put my phone away and start meditating. My goal was to just get to five minutes of meditation every day. I wanted to just reach five minutes. Initially, it, I wouldn't even get there. After a minute, two minutes, whatever, it would, you know, I get distracted. Something would come up. I'd be scrolling on my phone. Well, so what I did, and then I would also sit down for meditation and I'll be sitting there and then the thought will come up, like, has it been five minutes yet? Uh, and then I'll look at my phone. It's only been 20 seconds. So I'm like, okay, something's going on here. So what I did is I said, you know what? I'm going to use my phone, set a timer on my phone, a five minute timer on my phone and put my phone away far away distance where I don't, I'm not able to reach, reach it. But when it goes off, I can hear it. And so this way I was able to remove all distractions. Like that's the first thing. The key is removing all of the distractions around me. Uh, and then I said, you know what? Okay, let me just sit down, meditate for five minutes. 
Uh, and I, I journaled uh, for the first about three weeks or so, about a month or so. Uh, every day I would write down, okay, what time did I start? What was my mental state going into the meditation? So I write out some keywords. Uh, what were some thoughts that came up during the meditation? And then how do I feel after the meditation? Right. So I would kind of note this down really quickly after each meditation. And how long did I last for? That was another key point uh, in that during that meditation. Uh, and so this helped me kind of understand, okay, there are certain distractions, there are certain uh, thought processes that are all constantly happening. There are some repeated patterns. Uh, so I, I knew what to watch out for. It was like increasing my self-awareness. The one thing about my life is that up, up until this point, I was, uh, I think, 28 or so. Up until this point, I was kind of running that rat race, just constantly moving, constantly in motion. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? I never really had the opportunity to sit down with myself and slow down my life. I was always running and there was a lot of anxiety inside of me. Uh, like I remember certain examples of anxiety. Uh, while I was going the last few months of that relationship, I would uh, probably the last six months or so. We were, we were in a long distance relationship at this point. Uh, she was about four hours away, four hour drive. Uh, and I would get anxious when I would text her uh, and I would not receive a response right away. And throughout the day, I'd be doing different things. Like she's at work, uh, but I'd be doing different things, you know, maybe in the research lab, maybe writing something, maybe talking, maybe in the class. Uh, and I would constantly, but I, no matter what activity I'm engaged in, I'm constantly thinking about, okay, how's she texting me? I'm always looking at my phone every two minutes. That created so much anxiety inside of me. You know, I was about uh, four, five months away from graduation at this point. So I realized, okay, I need to, needed to do something about this. Uh, and this is one of the things that meditation really helped me with, uh, the, the anxiety inside of me. So I think those are some of the tips that I would give, like start, take baby steps. Five minutes is all you want to start out with, because even that it seems like an eternity. Uh, and once you get there, then you can go slowly to the next level, seven minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, however you want to go. Uh, but get to five minutes, take that baby step, remove all distractions from around you. Uh, use, use your phone as the alarm bell. Uh, and, uh, you know, find a corner. Now, meditation, there are different kinds of meditation. There's so many different things you can do for meditation. Meditation is not just sitting there also, you know, in that pose and meditating, closing your eyes. You could go out on a walk. And if you're not thinking about anything, right, you're meditating, you're there completely engaged with everything that's around you. And your mind is not hovering over oh, what's next. What do you have to do after you get home? Uh, what about this project? Let me come up with some ideas for that. It's not going all around the place. You're sitting there. I mean, you're walking and you're uh, peaceful and uh, you know really present. And I think that's another kind of meditation as well. So I feel like sitting there is not for everyone. Uh, you know, you could try out something different. Maybe there's a guided meditation. Maybe there's sleeping meditations. Uh, there's so many other uh, different kinds of meditations, and YouTube is the best place to find those. Um, so those are some of the tips I'd give. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's, you know, really helpful because, you know, some people, yeah, can feel intimidated by going into or starting meditation because it feels like this very uh, far out there idea, you know, and, and yeah, that consistency, I think is super important. Um, and starting small, of course, I think that's another piece that, you know, that starting out with five minutes, that can seem like a lifetime sometimes, you know, when you're first starting to slow down your mind. And so I'd love to explore a little bit about your work. Um, I love this idea of 
my life film and how you, it allows you to create new meaning of your past experiences, create a new future and writing those affirmations. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, at what point did you come to a place of, you know, being able to start changing your experiences and really tapping into your past to learn from them? And how, how can we make that shift? Yeah. So uh, as I was meditating, one of the ideas, uh, and then reading a lot of other books and listening to audio, one of the ideas that I kind of grasped was this idea of stories. Uh, you know, we're, and the idea that we're constantly telling stories, right? Every moment of our life is a story. Whenever we're trying to make sense of a situation, that is a story that we're creating. And if someone else were to be in our shoes, they would probably create a different story because of their set of experiences, uh, their memories and their history. Uh, so in that sense, I realized my life is my creation because of these stories. I am creating my life. I'm creating the way I feel about my life because of the thoughts and the, uh, the patterns and, you know, every, all the connections that we're making inside of our minds, you know, Stacy, you have a different story about your life. Brenda, you'd have a different story about your life. You know, all three of us who could go to the same event, the same amazing concert band, uh, and you two will have the time of your life, but maybe I went through something during that, uh, time someone passed away or broke up or something. And that, that happened to be the worst concert that I ever attended. So we were at the same event, but we came up with a whole different story about it. Uh, and that's what this course is focused on, or this um, concept is focused on, is about what are the stories that we're telling about ourselves? And when I wasn't meditating, I realized that this story creation process was so automatic. It would just happen like this, like this. And all these thoughts would just run in my mind without, uh, without me actually being aware of it. Uh, and uh, as I was meditating, things started to slow down and slow down and slow down to the point where I'm able to be aware of the story that I'm creating in the moment. Uh, you know, last year, us being on this call and talking of, and on a podcast, I'd have a lot of fear. I have a lot of anxiety inside of me uh, because and I've had it for the throughout my life. Even while, while I was doing a PhD, I have be presenting at national conferences I'd have to script everything out so I don't miss a beat. I don't, you know, appear stupid. I don't, uh, you know, miss something that I, uh, that I want to give off, like a point that I wanted to make. And so I would script the whole presentation. Uh, and this way I would, uh, you know, be sure of myself. That's how I was able to, you know, maintain my sanity on stage. Uh, but underneath my clothes, I'd be like dripping sweat all around me, you know. But now I'm very comfortable. I'm very at ease. And this is the power of stories that has been able for me to be able to come to this point of sharing my story, expressing myself uh, and not sweating or not, uh, you know, feeling those like extreme fear. I mean, a little bit nervousness is good, uh, but not extreme fear that I used to feel last year. Uh, so this is the power of storytelling uh, as an example from my life. Another example would be while I was working and even going through my PhD up until that point, I was kind of drifting through life. I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't really find like I had a purpose. I didn't, you know, I wasn't moving in any meaningful direction. Whatever thoughts other people put in my mind, I would just run with it. You know, so other people were thinking for me essentially. And that's what, you know, this idea of drifting is. And, you know, I wouldn't set my will. I wouldn't, I didn't have any of my, you know, voice in my own life, I felt like. Uh, and so the, in the last couple of years, I've been able to really pay attention to my story and, able to, you know, tweak it in the moment as I'm 
Like, for example, I'll give you a great example is when I was doing podcasts early on, I would sense because I've been meditating for so long, I could be so aware in the moment and feel the fear as I was on the podcast and being interviewed. Uh, and then I was able to talk to myself and change, reframe my story in that moment uh, to, to make me more comfortable, to make me at ease. And this is part of the, my life film is when we you know, go into our past and write out all of our memories, write out all of our experiences, positive ones, negative ones, we want to cover both of them. Then we understand what is what effect did that experience have on my life? And what is it, if, how does it to this day affect me as well? Uh, you know, it's probably some sort of belief that's been created, probably some sort of uh, behavior that's been created inside of you, like an avoidance behavior, uh, for example. And this, this exercise will then help you break down, okay, this is how that past experience that happened 30 years ago still affects me to this day, bringing uh, self-awareness, bringing uh, understanding of uh, who we are today. Uh, and so now once we go through the past, you know, uh, of this uh, My Life film, then we can go into the future uh, under, based on all of the insights that we had just accumulated from our past work. Now we can create a better future for ourselves. We can actually guide ourselves without having a lot of friction, without having a lot of, um, you know, I wanted to be a speaker for a long time, but because I wasn't able to express myself, I wasn't able to communicate properly. It was a lot of resistance in this moment, a lot of friction inside of me. So it was my work in the moment as I'm going through these podcasts to reduce that friction over time and uh, you know, come to a place where I'm at ease and I'm able to share myself openly. That sounds like a, a very powerful transformation and how that came out of, I like how you said, reframing the story. And we take in all the positive and negative and really kind of look at it from this bird's eye view and reframe it into something that we can learn from. I think that's that's a really um, yeah powerful example that you shared of how we can, I'm, I'm assuming that's like how you created a new story for yourself. Is that how that came about? So you're this new self of a public speaker on a podcast and how, like, how do you see that working for others? Like, how can they, you know, create this new self from maybe past stories that are not serving them anymore? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll give you kind of a, that, uh, this mechanism of how we create stories daily, right? And an analogy that I came up with is this, like we're watching a movie in a theater and, uh, you know, on the screen, there's this movie playing. Uh, the screen shows us the movie. It's a tool that allows us to watch the movie. And there's a projector in the back that's projecting what's in the film onto the screen. So projector and the screen are tools and there's this film that's actually what consists the essence of the movie. So in our lives, we have a projector that we're projecting stories on a daily basis. And that's our third eye chakra. This third eye chakra and imagination is creating these stories at every moment based on the film that's inside of us, our memories, our past. That's what the My Life film is. We're creating that film for, for ourselves, for our life. And the, the screen in our lives uh, on a daily basis are the people that, that we come across, are the situations that are in our lives. So we create this image we, through our imagination. We're creating a story and then projecting it onto these different screens. So when I think about my friends is a projection of my, you know, through my imagination and thinking about it in that sense. Now, every moment of our lives, we can really pay attention to what stories are we projecting onto the screens in our lives. Right. So that increases our self-awareness that, you know, it makes us want to be more aware of what stories we're creating. Right. 
Uh, and so now how does it help other people? So one thing is cataloging our experiences. Like for my life, because I was so focused on the mind, I, would, I took 28 years of my life just running on the rat race from one thing to the next thing. I really didn't have that space to sit down with myself and be self-aware, you know, understand what happened in the, in the past and what happened through all of these experiences that I've gone through. Uh, so this, uh, my life film would have helped me in that situation where, okay, I'm gonna sit down and because I'm an engineer, I've like structured it and methodically so that people can break down this process, you know, step-by-step -step kind of thing. Uh, and so this is like perfect for people who are uh, in, the, in the, the left brain thinking. Um, <laughs> and uh, so you're able to really take out all of those experiences. And sometimes things that happen when we're seven or eight or nine, we don't rem remember them. So in essence, we're kind of like also brainstorming all of these experiences and maybe talking to our parents, maybe talking to you know childhood friends, understand certain uh, situations, understand certain experiences better uh, so that we can, you know, get our, gather our full life film together and really understand our, uh, what's been happened in our past. And so now when you're writing these memories, uh, the next step is to, uh, there's a certain set of questions that you answer for each memory. It's kind of like gain insights out of this. Okay, how did it affect you? What beliefs were created? You know, how do you feel about it? What stories have you created around it? Because the thing is, you know, that experience that happened 30 years ago, it happened 30 years ago, but the reason it exists today is because it's in your memory and you think about it a certain way and that's how you bring it up. And, you know, it comes up in your film and it happens so instantaneously and then we project it onto another person, you know? And so and now knowing all of this, I've made this habit to utilize everyone as a screen around me, you know, as a mirror, right? So. Anything that happens, it's me, it's inside of me, and I have to you know, change it for myself. And so I kind of look at it in that sense now. Uh, and so this is how uh, uh, certain ways that it'll help people. Uh, and then the other thing is that we're creating future affirmations, right? So once we, okay, understand what our future is, how we want to create it, uh, the thing is then I want to create affirmations like the one you see here, yes, you can. Uh, something that sticks, something that's like, all right, you could read every morning, and realize, okay, this is the direction that you want to move in. And every decision you make today is going to be in that direction. Uh, and so it's a great reminder. Um, so that's the whole, uh, the gist of the What's Your Story course. That's really beautiful. I think there's so much empowerment in that, you know, being able to recognize that our past does not create our future or our present and that we have the ability to really shift that perspective of what these, you know, stories that we've been telling ourselves aren't, you know, how they can shift us and how they haven't served us. Maybe they've, we can learn from them into a deeper meaning. And so I'm wondering, you know, there's, because there's so much empowerment there and so much self-awareness and diving into that part of ourselves, you know, and, and beginning to really focus inward. How do you feel or how do you see uh, how changing our story really connects us to our higher purpose and, and the future that we want to create for ourselves? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, if someone is interested in changing their stories, their current story is no longer serving them. Uh, meaning that they're, they don't have clarity, they don't have, uh, there's a lot of anxiety inside of them. Uh, it's probably some sort of fear inside of them, some things that are holding them back. 
Um, so what this uh, film does is it gives them sort of that clarity, right? You're removing all of that clutter uh, from your mind. You're putting it on paper. Um, you know, that's the reason we make, uh, the, you know, write out all of our tasks for the day so we don't clutter our minds with it. Uh, and so it's kind of like putting that all on paper and then, uh, you know, going through a step-by-step -step process of gaining these insights, right? So the, uh, that, um, that allows, enables someone to really become self-aware of, uh, you know, what their patterns are, it really helps them also slow down because you're now you're not thinking about creating what the next thing is. You're actually just sitting there. It was this form of a meditation in, in essence. Uh, and you're sitting there and just focused on your life, you know, focused on giving back to yourself. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that, you know, maybe they don't take enough time to give back to themselves, you know, and I feel like uh, we could all do more in that in that respect, whether that be a meditation, whether that be eating healthy food or going through something like this and, uh, you know, understanding how their past is affecting them currently. You mentioned um, in the very beginning about, you know, you had this stomach pain and that you were, you know, really, even though you were kind of unconscious at the time, you knew somehow to tap into that stomach pain and start asking it questions. And, you know, I think the body just holds so much wisdom and, you know, when we truly tap into it, the body will answer if you get quiet enough and really listen. And so how, how do you think tapping into that part of yourself really helped you on your own journey? And what would you tell someone else to help support their journey by, you know, focusing on what the body is truly telling them? Yeah. You know, at this point in my life, I was, uh, you know, when I had the pain in my solar plexus, I was so focused on the mind, right? So I never had this chance to really go into my body uh, and embody that me embody me, you know, I never had that opportunity. And so when I started meditating, that was one of the ways to slow things down. I feel like it gave me the sense of, uh, you know, when I was asking those questions uh, to the solar plexus, that was a form of a meditation, an early form of it uh, that I did. So I was able to remove all the distractions and really just be there with that pain. And in my memory, that also is the first time that I really was in tune with my body and uh, listening to it and really understanding what it's trying to say. And since then, I've made it a point and actually a habit to always listen to my body now because there are other things that have happened in my life as well. Uh, like, for example, you know, every time I uh, eat a meal, uh, so I'm plant-based now, every time I eat something, even if it's uh, something new in my diet, uh, you know, there are a lot of plant-based processed foods out there. I do What I do is I pay attention to my body and see how it's affecting my system, right? So while I'm eating the food, although it may taste amazing, but how, do, how does my body feel one hour later? How does my body feel two hours later? Three, six, 12? How does it feel the next day? How long does it take for that food to, rem uh, to be eliminated from my system? And I, lo I look at all of these things because you know, what I've found is the healthier foods are the this, um, the shorter time they're in your system, like fruits and vegetables, they're probably in your system for like three, four hours, six hours max. Uh, but some processed foods, like all of those plant-based soy and wheat gluten and all that kind of stuff that stays in my system for a long time. 
probably even a day or two because uh, it's still stuck, st sticky and just sticking into you know all parts of me. Uh, and so I, I pay attention to my body and that tells me, all right, these foods are good for me, giving me good energy, sustaining me longer. Whereas these foods are, I don't want them in my system anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And based on that, I've been able to really eliminate a lot of the fast food, a lot of the unhealthy uh, things in our diet, um, just by paying attention to my body and how it affects me. Now, other things I've also, uh, anytime I take on a new project, I, I really, I'm in, you know, like the entrepreneurial spirit is there inside of me. So I kind of want to get my hands in everything. Uh, and sometimes it becomes overwhelming. I've started too many things. I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. I just have to reel things back. And, and th at those points, I'm also paying attention to my body and really understanding, okay, what should I focus on? What, you know, what, what is that thing that I want to really achieve at this point in my life or really, uh, you know, uh, focus on or go behind at this point in my life? Uh, is it more of the philanthropy? Is it more of just making money or, uh, you know, giving back to people or service or what is it? And a lot of the times it's my body that will give me the answer. Uh, the mind is all over the place. It, it lacks clarity. But when I tune into my, to my system, to my body, that's when I realize, okay, this is the direction I should go in. I love how you have expressed this like inward journey through the meditation, through greater self-awareness, through reflecting and using the body as, as a communicator of sorts that it can really tell us what foods are good for us to eat and which ones are not. Because I think so often we're looking outside of ourselves, right? We're looking for this nutritionist or expert, you know, whatever their field might be, that's telling us, you know, what's good to eat or how to exercise or all, you know, all the things when, when we do take that time, like you've mentioned before, to slow down, to be more self-aware that those answers do come. So I'd love for you to speak to what about the person who's like, I just don't know if I trust, if I can trust that. Because I do find like many of the, the people that I work with as a, you know, holistic lifestyle coach, they're like, how do I know? Like, how do I know if that inner guide is, is really going to, you know, deliver me to a healthier body and a healthier mind? How do I know? It's not just the mind. You know, like you said, going all over the place and being scattered. How do I know if I can trust in that self-awareness? Uh, I think one way is uh, starting to trust, right? Like it, it takes time to, if you, don't, if you don't have trust in that, then it takes time to develop that trust, right? So why not experiment with it and see what it does for you, right? But not just one day, not two days, try it over 30 days. Uh, because the thing about the body is what I've realized for myself is that you know, the mind is very fickle. It moves from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. So if you feel like something today and tomorrow is something different, then that's probably the mind. But for my body, it takes me a while to, you know, move in, the, in another direction. It's like focused on this and just this, right? And so that's the essence I know. If today it says the same thing, tomorrow it says the same thing, the third day it says the same thing. All right, now I know this is my body speaking to me. Uh, so I don't do it just one time. Like, for example, I'll eat some soy product. I'll eat it multiple times to realize, okay, it's consistently affecting me in this way. Uh, so I know that, okay, my voice, my inner voice is correct. And I'm the same way. I was the same way that I didn't trust this inner voice. That's why I was so focused on the mind, on the brain, on, you know, um, learning books and kind of like all of that knowledge. 
but I wouldn't have the wisdom inside of me to really tune into my body because I didn't have that trust inside of that trust in that voice. Uh, So the way I did it uh, is I started listening to it a little more and more over time. I started building that trust, right? It didn't happen overnight. Uh, And then it got to a point where, you know what, I completely trust this voice and I'm just going to run with it now. Yeah, I love how it it does come over time. I feel like the body's energy is a little bit slower, but it's so grounded. You know, it's that earth element and the mind being air. It can just, I mean, and they both serve a purpose for sure. Creativity in the mind and being flexible in the mind, but having that rooted groundedness in the body, we need the balance, uh, the balance of both. <laughs> You know, in my life, I haven't had a lot of earth. Uh, yeah, I'm a Sagittarius uh, sun sign with the Gemini moon and uh, Gemini uh, uh, ascendant. And uh, so there's a lot of air and a lot of uh, fire inside of me, but there's no earth. So my wife, she's all earth. Uh, all three signs are all the different earths. So it, it's a good balance. So, yeah. And the other thing that, you know, that I was, sounds like too, and I I know on my own journey, I've really picked up on this too, because food is, is nutrition. I mean, it's like nutrients for the the body. Right. And so what we eat is how we feel and, and really tapping into the nutritional value that we're getting and how things feel and not even like health foods, quote, health foods, are good for everybody. Right. And so everybody's going to have a different reaction. Um, like I know some people who can't do flaxseed because it inflames their body. And so, you know, the, but being able to tap into the body and releasing, you know, the toxins and the things that aren't serving us there. And even the stories that were told about these health foods and, you know, what the quote experts are saying, you know, and everyone has a, an opinion about food. It's, you know, something we just have to sift through and find what works for us, but being able to listen to the body in a way that releases the things that don't feel good in our body can help move the energy to really help us gain even more clarity through you know, the, the toxins or the, you know, things that don't feel good. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and, and what you've noticed of just being able to gain that clarity or insights through listening to that part of it, like letting go. Yeah. You know, that the feeling good part took a while for me to, uh, understand, uh, you know, for a while I was just pushing through, like felt bad. I'm like, I was just gonna push through it. I, you know, I had that energy inside of me, like push, 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 you know, and competitive nature kind of thing. Um, and so when I got to uh, starting to slow down meditating, I uh, realized that instead of pushing through things, I need to pull myself through things. Uh, what do I mean by that? Like, let's say uh, you know, the perfect example would be uh, when you're teaching a baby to swim, right? We put him in water and ask the baby to come towards us, right? We're not pushing the baby from behind to make it swim. We're just asking it to come, like we're pulling the baby in. Uh, and so that, in that, in, in essence, that is uh, the more at ease way, the very uh, the comfortable, not comfortable, but like at ease, you're not, there's not a lot of friction inside of you. Uh, it's like, we're basically like water, you know, flowing with the water. Um, and I realized like that is an important place to be in. 
and I wanted to, uh, you know, every time I would, uh, you know, like through that relationship, I started not feeling good. I realized, okay, I need to, you know, I don't want to feel like this anymore. At some point I came to that conclusion, uh, or when the solar plexus, you know, started her, I, I felt it, but then month three is when I really, really felt it every morning. At that point I decided I don't want to feel like this anymore. Right. Um, and it took a little bit of, I would say like slowing down to really pay attention to my body at that time. Uh, then again, I was like so focused on the mind, you know, so I had to essentially make my apartment a prison and stay in there. So I wouldn't distract myself with all the other things outside of it. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to do in Boise, Idaho and nature. And so it, that way I was, I was lucky that I had the opportunity to kind of isolate myself a little bit. Uh, so I was able to pay attention to my body, but, uh, it took a little bit of uh, like moving out of that push, push, push energy. Uh, so when, when I was able to uh, slow down, I found a little bit of clarity and that clarity helped me dive deeper into my system. Uh, without the clarity, uh, you know, it, it, it felt like I was just in the darkness. You know, I, I couldn't see it. was like, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't the same. Uh, and so that, that, that helped a lot. Thank you for that explanation. Um, especially around, again, patients with, uh, with our body and the messages uh, that come, because it sounds like it really shifted your, your personal story into, into what you're doing now. So we'd love to have you tell our listeners like where they can find you and some you know, projects that you're currently working on. Yeah, so there's one project that's kind of uh, close to my heart. You know, the pandemic hit uh, in March, 2020. And in April, I got a call, uh, from a, a friend of mine saying that, Hey, we have support from this organization. They want to do something for the community. There are a lot of people losing their jobs. What can we do? You know, this was early on. People didn't know there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, businesses were shutting down. Uh, so people were in their houses. They didn't have incomes coming in. So we said, you know what, let's, uh, put together some grocery bags and, have a drive around it at our facility. So people would like, we, it'd be like a drive-through style. They'd come in, we drop these bags in the trunk and then they leave, um, you know, due to COVID concerns. And so, uh, really safe about it. And we started one day, one Sunday we, we met in May and we did this and, you know, it felt like, okay, there was a lot of, there was a need for it. Uh, so then we continued doing that. We, we still had support, uh, you know, had a facility. We got a bunch of resources, all the supplies, the volunteers, and we ended up uh, going for like 24 weeks or so, 25 weeks. We ended up uh, donating 8,500 grocery bags uh, wow. for about six months or so. Uh, but the thing that, that stuck from there is that uh, we also, along the same time, uh, you know, about week three or four into it, we said, we want to do something more. We realized not everyone has a home to be able to cook these uh, raw groceries that we were giving you them. So we prepare, we started preparing meals, hot meals. Uh, and, you know, that's continued all the way through today. And actually 4th of July weekend, we're going to be at 200,000 meals. And so these meals go out into the community, Skid Row, uh, you know, a lot of homeless people, people that have been abused, women that have been abused, children that have been abused, neglected people. Uh, you know, they're on the streets. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're trying to do uh, as much as we can. Every Sunday, we prepare about 1,500 to 2,000 meals. Uh, we're going to, we're continuing that all the way through 2022 and most likely going to be continuing in 2023 as well. 
and you know, we're, we're going through a, we, we raise our own funds. So 50% of the funds have been supported by the organization that initially supported us. Uh, the remaining 50% we've been raising it ourselves. And so we have a fundraiser going on on GoFundMe, which I'll send you the, uh, the link. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's essentially helping us feed people on the streets. Uh, each meal is about a dollar fifty. Uh, the cost for each meal, so about fifteen dollars will feed ten people. Wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's you know it's been a I could say I'm one of the people who started it, but you know I'm by no means it would not have happened without all of the different volunteers that have you know mm-hmm. been involved in this process. I think over these two years we probably had two three hundred different volunteers come in, mm-hmm. uh, and every day we have about twenty five to thirty volunteers come in to help us out. Um, well, we'll definitely add that link to the show notes and any other link that you would like to provide. And I understand you also have a course. Yeah, and the course is called "What's Your Story." We kind of talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now I'm in the process of putting the videos together, so I've. Put the course on pre-sale on my website. Uh, it's at a good uh, of heavy discounts. Uh, I'll send you the link for that as well. Uh, and essentially, uh, where you could find me is Instagram at uh, Dr. Varun Gandhi, uh, and uh, this uh, website with the same name, drvarungandhi.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Varun, so much for being here with us today and sharing this beautiful conscious conversation. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you so much, Brenda. I really appreciate it. Uh, Love and abundance, everyone. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 really helps us with the operating cost of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, please visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.